Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It's a Tuesday, November 23rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers back at it tonight as they'll take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, looking to avenge that shootout loss just a week ago where they held Tampa in the third period to just three shots in that third period and went into it tied. Remember that goal that uh, Steven Stamkos scores from the corner on Carter Hart? Equipment malfunction? You'll hear about that from Carter Hart. He'll explain what that means coming up. He's going to be our guest on this episode. And also, this is a big episode. Bill Meltzer going to join us for an episode of Ask Billy. We have not done this in a while. We're at kind of close to the quarter pole of the season, and now's a great time to take a bunch of Twitter questions. Bill and I will punt them around, we'll debate them, we'll discuss them, and uh, we'll answer them. All that coming up with Bill Meltzer. But let's get to our feature interview. Carter Hart down in Tampa had a chance to catch up with him yesterday, and here's the conversation with the Flyers goaltender. Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily is Flyers netminder Carter Hart. Carter, how you doing? Good, how are you? feels good to get back on the road and be able to, you know, not be confined to a hotel room, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Sorry, train's just going by me here. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's nice to get on the road and, and see other places and um, be with the boys on the road is always fun. That helps you kind of, you know, deal with the stresses of playing and, and the rigors of an NHL schedule, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think coming out here and and uh i mean we're coming down to some nice weather for sure but i mean we got a job to do and and it's all business but um coming down here with the boys and and just enjoying each other's company and, and team bonding and um it's a lot of fun so it's nice that uh things are a lot more normal this year what's the weather like in tampa it's nice it's uh weather's 20 degrees probably right now Celsius. I don't know if that is in Fahrenheit, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you, you're a guy, you don't like to overthink things. You know, you you like to keep it real simple, but how do you feel right now from just a mental standpoint and approach standpoint? I'm asking you to do that. I know you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to take things one day at a time, um, enjoy the opportunity and just have fun. I mean, um, this year things are more normal. Um, we got a really good group of guys here, a great locker room, and um, having a lot of fun every day, coming to the rink and competing alongside uh, my teammates and, and coming to work every day. So I'm um, just trying to enjoy it and, and uh, have fun and take things one day at a time. You took you uh, put social media into a, a tizzy when you mentioned that you had an equipment malfunction on the one goal. Uh, can, can you just explain to people what like how the pad didn't seal the ice and how that happened? It's happened to Brian Elliott a couple times too. There's a lot more flex in his pads. But yeah, I mean, I, I try to explain a, it, but it's better coming from you. <laughs> I know Moose has a soft boot as well, and, and I do too. Um, but I mean, uh, it, it's a newer set. I've only used it a couple times. So, um, I mean, I got my uh, boot of the pad and, and, and the shin there. Uh, I was on my post, and um, usually that shouldn't go in. Um, just kind of w- weird flexion with my pad there, and somehow found a way to sneak in. So, um, yeah, it was just unfortunate, but what can you do? Are you a gear junkie? Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> when I first uh, got into goaltending, I mean, I, I loved the gear, and that's what really attracted me to the position when I was a kid was I thought the gear was so cool. <laughs> what, what's the favorite piece of gear? Is it the mask or is it the glove? What is it? Mask, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mask that's is the- just, you can always 
you can be creative and and express yourself for sure and it's like putting on a different face too when you get out there you can almost be a different person with that mask on right yeah yeah what's the piece of equipment you hate changing the most is it the chesty oh yeah chest protector probably the hardest piece of equipment to to break in and i maybe go through one a year i'd say <laughs> i hate yeah. changing that I'm wearing one from 2008. That's how long I'm holding out to change. I'm wearing an iPad, <laughs> for God's sake. They don't even make them anymore. Um, let me ask you, you know, Keith Yandel's a guy that, you know, we caught him on on the audio thanking you for setting up pucks for him, thanking, him, thanking you for saves. Were you kind of taken back when Yans first did that? Yeah, I thought it was so funny. I mean, setting, <laughs> setting the puck up behind the net, every time he comes by, he always says thanks. He said he's always done that. So <laughs> I always giggle when, when he comes by and, picks the puck up after I said it and says thank you it's a way to cut the tension a little bit too isn't it yeah it's pretty funny I mean he's a he's a funny dude um he's uh a great player obviously but um no he, he keeps things light and and uh it's always funny when he comes back to retrieve pucks as a goalie you try and kind of take all the the noise out when you're playing but what's it been like to have the noise back in the in the in the ranks with full crowds and you know uh, definitely an energy that comes with that as well back to pretty close to normal yeah i mean it's it's awesome i i mean i said to some of the boys before it's like it's nice hearing the booze again when we're on the road <laughs> um i mean just just to have the atmosphere again um i mean our fans personally are are some of the best in the league if not the best so uh, our, our locker or our uh, stadium really gets bumping and and we feed off that energy so it, it's nice to, to have the fans back in the building How's it been working with Martin Jones? You have a new uh, goalie tandem partner this year. You had Brian Elliott for many years, a veteran that could, you know, guide you if you needed uh, some help in certain things because he's been in the league so long. What's it been like working with Martin? Yeah, Jonesy's awesome. I mean, he's a great goalie, great teammate. He works hard. Uh, I mean, he's been in the league for a while. He's a veteran guy. He's been to the cup finals. Um, no, he, he's a great guy to play alongside, and, and I look forward to come to the rink every day with him and, and competing alongside him on the ice and push each other in practice to be better. So, uh, I mean, I think the three of us between myself, Dilly and, and, and Jonesy get along really well. You can learn stuff. Do you guys talk a lot of goaltending? Do you pick up things that you see him doing and going, oh, that's interesting. Let me approach wise or whatever it might be. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes too, we just talk about what shoot the a little bit or sorry. Um, no worries. Just kind of uh, joke around and then talk about obviously hockey and, and actually talk about gear uh, probably more than, than, uh, than the actual game. We, we like kind of pick at each other's gear a little bit sometimes. And, and the difference is every goalie likes to wear it differently. Uh, the Oilers game, you going back home, I know that's a special place for you to play and to get a game there against McDavid. And that team was really on a, on a tear at the time. Uh, that wouldn't mean a lot to you? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, uh, the first time I went back there, <laughs> didn't go as as uh, as well as I planned it to, but um, that was a huge win for us. I mean, they were a team that was undefeated at the time, and we came in and and battled really hard, and that was a huge two points for us. And and I mean, for myself to get that win um, at home in front of my family and friends, it felt really cool. It's got to be stressful playing against McDavid. You see the highlights and some of the things he's done again this year. Uh, but you know, when you face these these NHL shooters, who's the one guy with the release that you kind of go, man, this is a tough one to read? Ovi. Why is he, that? Uh, he just rips the puck as hard as he can. Sometimes you don't know where it's going. I don't think he knows where it's going sometimes. <laughs> it gets on you quick? Yeah, he's got probably the hardest snapper in the league for sure. And 
if not uh, arguably the best one-timer. Wow. That's not shocking. He's got a few goals that he scored. Um, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you real quick um, about your kind of evolution in training. Do, are you doing any kind of VR stuff or, you know, you're, you're a guy that'll try new things in training and preparing. Are you doing anything different? I know that the concentration, I don't do VR, but there's a couple of things that I do um, off the ice there. Um, and I like to try new things and, and keep things fresh, but um, yeah, there's a few things that I'm, I'm trying on, on and off the ice. It's always it's always interesting to try those new things and see what you can get out of them. Last thing for you, Carter, to let you go, and I know you're down in Tampa, ready to ready to take on the Lightning. Uh, what's the biggest? You're 112 games in your career now, four years. What's the biggest thing you've learned in 112 NHL games about the about the pro level? Um, I mean, I think you just got to show up to work every day. Uh, I think for me, um, last year sometimes maybe I got lost in translation where um, I, I wasn't grateful for for the opportunity to be in the NHL, and I think this year. Um, I'm having more fun and, and being grateful for the opportunity to, to be in the NHL. I mean, playing alongside the best players in the world and, and living your dream. I mean, I think just being grateful for everything that you have and the point that you've gotten to and and uh, enjoying it. So um, I know I've talked to guys, vets, and they say it goes fast. So enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. Well, the mustache looks good, too, by the way, from November. Yeah, it's my best one yet. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, Carter, thanks for doing this, man. Best of luck against the Lightning. All right. Thanks, man. There he is, Flyers goaltender Carter Hart. Thanks to him for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. But right now, as promised, Bill, we couldn't hold it down. The people demanded it. The return of hashtag Ask Billy. How you doing, Bill? I'm I'm doing well. Um, you know, it seems to be, uh, you know, we woke up and it, we're in the middle of a 10-game losing streak all of a sudden. You know, it's uh, – no, in all seriousness, I mean – you know, there are some things to be concerned about with the team, and we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a little bit of overreaction going on and, and a little bit of legitimate concern. So let's, let's get rolling. Yeah, and we'll kind of identify which is legitimate and which is maybe a little bit of an overreaction. And, I mean, who's who's to say that there's ever overreaction on social media? Never, never. Breaking. <laughs> Hit the breaking news sounder. <laughs> um, I want to play something before we get to the Ask Billy questions, though that I saw on NHL Network. Scott Hartnell was on the panel with, I'm not sure, I think it was Ken Danico and somebody else, I'm not sure who. But anyway, I'll play it for you, and I want to get your reaction to it, because I was really taken back uh, by what I heard on this uh, on this clip that NHL Network Radio put out. So here we go. This is the clip right here. Now, exactly. You knew back in the day, even uh, the 2000s, and you knew it was going to be a hard game when you go into Philadelphia. And right now, I just think it's it's a soft team. Uh, there's no one that's going to hurt you. And I, I'm not talking about punch your lights out no. and uh, beat your skull. I'm talking about finishing your check, being hard on pucks. Uh, I think the Flyers want to play an easy game, and, and the, the teams that they're playing, they I think they realize that, and they're going to chip pucks in, and they're going to beat you to those pucks because the Flyers guys don't want to go in first because they don't want to get hit, and uh, they lose those battles, and then you're playing defense. Uh, the power play for the Flyers has been absolutely awful. They got a goal last game, but uh, just not getting any momentum from those power plays. You, you, know, you get shot after shot, and you know puck retrievals and moving the puck around, and it hasn't been there for the Flyers as well. The penalty kill has been a little bit suspect, but the only thing – that's basically saving their season thus far is Carter. Hart. All right. So we, all right. So we can stop it there. Yeah. All right. So a couple things. Uh, I agree with the last thing he said that Carter has been really good and he's been on it for the flyers that I agree with, but there's a couple of things that I, I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little stunned at. First of all, that the players don't want to go back and get pucks because they're going to get hit. I'm not seeing that. At no, all. no. I, I actually, I think the Flyers are in that respect a harder team to play against than they were last season. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, how much more physical do you want Ristolainen to be, for example? You know, Ristolainen c- competes his butt off every single game. You know, whatever whatever flaws he may have in his game, uh, lack of competing physicality is certainly not one of them, right? Um, I, I think Zach McEwen of the fourth line, he comes in and, and he's been, to me, an upgrade so far on uh, Abe Kubel because you know what you're going to get every single game, right? With, with uh, Nick, it was just kind of you didn't know what you were going to get on a given night. Um, you know, uh, you're not getting offense from, you know, from some key sources in the lineup. We'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, the, I mean, if, if you have a guy like Nate Thompson, you might spend a lot of time in the defensive zone, but he, but he sure competes and he sure is physical. Yeah. If he has, if, if, you know, and I, I have a ton of respect for Hartsey and he played the game and, you know, he know he knows what he's, he's, he's looking at out there, but I'm just curious as to, you know, why he, he sees a, a lack of physicality and, and guys afraid to get hit. I wonder if that's targeted more at specific players than as a than as a team, you know. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really know specifically because he was talking about observations on the team. I, I, I don't see that as a particular issue. I, I see a team that's a little too top heavy. The mm-hmm. top of the lineup finally stopped scoring a little bit. The power play hasn't been scoring, and you have, you know, you have guys going in who you need to be your depth scorers, right? You need JVR. To, yep. to score more than one even strength goal, two overall. Uh, Farabee has four goals, but three of them came in the first three games. You need more out of Farabee. Um, we, we've talked about Oscar Lindblom, but look, he's still stuck in one assist for the season and no goals. I mean, you need some goals from those guys. You need some some offensive contributions from the back end. And you're talking about a team that's only had its projected lineup together one game this season. Yeah. Um, because Ristolainen was missed the first two, and then you, know, then you lose Ellis. And they were only back together in Dallas that one game. And then Ellis goes down. And then a game later, Hayes goes down again. So, you know, I mean, I, I think the team is kind of hang in their mode. And overall, they've hung in pretty well. Uh, I, I'm concerned about the when they have periods that go south of them, particularly second periods, which has been a season-long issue. You know, that doesn't seem to be getting better. Um, he addressed the power play. I, I think we can talk about that, too. I agree, I agree with him that the power play is – is a mess right now and they've changed you know they've, they've changed personnel they, they've moved some people around and so far that doesn't seem to be getting better that to me is a significant concern i'll say the other piece with the goaltending then we'll move on you know obviously the you know i, I will all agree about carter hard i will say that defense defensively in terms of structure they're still they're better they're a better team defensively than they were a season ago and you know, even within games, I mean, the the um, shootout loss to Tampa Bay, they held the Tampa Bay Lightning in a third period to three shots. First one came 11 minutes in in a tie game. Correct. And, and the first, well, actually, all three were harmless. There was that yeah. fluke goal by, by uh, Stamkos late in, the, late in the game that, you know, hopefully we'll, go, hopefully we'll go the rest of the year without seeing another one like that. Equipment but, malfunction. Uh, yeah, equipment malfunction. It was, you know, I, I was. It was a strange, strange goal. I mean, it, yeah. you know, uh, and people have their theories on. Oh, he came off the post, and you watch the replay. He yeah. didn't come off the post. No, he, he was right there for it. I just yeah. somehow, somehow, it got it got through. But they had three shots in the third period. Tampa Bay with all their firepower, you know, so they can still do that. They can have a a, a game on the line period where they shut a team down. Um, Did you know, Carolina? 
the Carolina, yeah, the, the Carolina game. They fired, pulled that on the third period against a team that had been just absolutely dominant in the third periods. Now, when things go south in, in uh, earlier in games, I mean, you would like to see it be a little bit more even. There have been periods where they've been absolutely hemmed in. Uh, I think they're missing. Uh, they're missing the breakout ability of, of Ryan Ellis. Sometimes, yeah. they, sometimes they don't seem to get through the neutral zone very well with any speed. Yeah, they look so slower when he's not in the lineup. They, they look absolutely slow. The puck will always move faster than anybody can skate. I mean, you can you can disguise that for a period of time. Eventually, it's gonna, you know, eventually it's gonna become obvious. You know, I we don't we don't really know. You know, I mean, else else is on his timetable when he comes back. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he does. Hopefully, he doesn't become a recurring thing. Same same thing with Kevin Hayes too. Those are the things that concern me. But in terms of softness, that's not really what I'm worried about. Yeah, he said they play a soft game. They want to play a soft game. I'm not seeing that. I mean, that second period against the Bruins uh, the other night was yeah. as rough and tumble as it comes. Yeah. And we've seen a, a good amount of those kind of periods of hockey. And, and you know, you just mentioned it. Um, we get the news that Kevin Hayes is week to week and Ryan Ellis is now considered week to week. I suppose on on one side of it, that's good news that Kevin that Kevin Hayes is week to week. Could have been far worse, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it certainly looked bad. You know, at least the way he was doubled over and went went back to went up the tunnel, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, week to week is nebulous anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, is it two weeks? Is it four weeks? Uh, I don't know. And then, even if it is a shorter term, you know, you really are concerned about recurring injuries. Yeah. Right. When when he comes back, you know, does he have sufficient time that he that he's a hundred percent? It has to be a hundred percent because I think. I think maybe if there was a lesson to be learned from the Ryan Ellis thing, it has to be a hundred percent. It can't be close to a hundred percent because the injury risk is is high. Yeah, the recurrence and the recurrence, yeah. yeah, and I mean, in some ways, Bill, we should make the assumption that Kevin Hayes is not going to be one hundred percent this entire season because yeah. he is ultimately coming off of a double core surgery, yeah. which is a very difficult one for hockey players to bounce back from because so much emanates from the core, all your explosive ability yeah. uh, to move with the puck, uh, all your shooting, passing, and all that stuff's all affected. So, I mean, when he does come back, is it, is it more likely or more suitable that he should be a third-line center? I think so. I, I think that they're going to have to, you know, look at that possibility because, as you said, even even if a guy does come back healthy, and stays in the lineup, it can take him half of a season until he looks yeah. like himself again. And it's, yeah. that's not uncommon at all. Um, you know, it's actually more con- that, that happens more commonly than it's the other way, where guy hardly seems to skip a beat. So it's uh, that, that's a particularly tricky and tough injury. So, yeah, I think the Flyers have to prepare for that. And uh, even if it's just for this season, you know, look, uh, you know, look to be able to to get another guy in, into that top nine kind of role and, and, and full, full marks, by the way, to Derek Broussard for who stepped up a couple of times recently, with some mm-hmm. big goals and, and early in the season. I think if you're counting on Broussard to be a top six forward, a second line center, I think it's, you know, and, and all due respect to him, I think that's part of the issue yeah, that, ask. that, that it, it, yeah, it, you know, in any given game, he could still step up for you. It's a little, it's a little like when they had, um, you know, a few years ago when they had Phil Pilla, right? Yeah good career had some really good years in Detroit at times you could still step up for you, but as the full-time second line center, that that's a really big ask. And I think that's kind of the situation there. Yeah. Your second line center can't be a, uh, a guy on a veteran minimum. Yeah. 
you you just got to get more than that. So, which leads me to the next thing, Bill. One thing that Chuck Fletcher's got to figure out is, and the entire team, is this lack of five-on-five offense and power play struggles a, a result of not having the right talent or talent that can't have a tremendous amount of success, success consistently uh, generating offense and, and goals, or is this a slump? And if it's a slump, okay, you ride it out. If it's not, I guess it's incumbent upon Chuck Fletcher after a very aggressive offseason yep. to continue that aggression and either at a minimum call up Morgan Frost uh, and probably at a maximum trade for a 2C, uh, maybe a guy like Tomas Hurdle or trade for more goals in a guy like Tarasenko, who still wants out of St. Louis, even though he's playing, um, yeah. you know, h- how do you kind of see, is this a slump or is this a team that may not be able to generate with the, with the group they have? Well, I think part of the issue, Jason is, I, you know, I mean, one of the things that Hayes is good at when, when he's in, he's a good, pretty good playmaker. He's a good passer. Yeah. You know, they, they, they miss that the playmaking side that he brings. I think the flyers, Certainly, you know, they certainly could use a, a big goal scoring sniper, but they need they need a guy who gets the puck to guys in scoring position. You know, uh, we will we could we talk about Morgan Frost in a second. Do you want to, you know, do you want to put it on Morgan that, that uh, hey, you know, we need you to step up and be that 2C right now? Can he be that? I don't know. I truthfully do not know. Uh, a guy like Hurdle, I mean, it's a very expensive rental, but I do think that would plug the hole for sure. Oh, yeah. Very, quali- you know, quality player. I think you become a much more dangerous hockey team. You know, I mean, you can't just snap your fingers either. Hey, we want this player, you know, okay, well done. This is, you know, it's uh, particularly that you're dealing from a position of weakness, right? The and, price and if, you want to do some, if you want to do something early, like, yeah. you know, that, that's a signal to a fan base in San Jose is off to an, an average start, but yeah. that we're, we're packing it in already. And you're coming off a year where they have barely had any fans and you're telling your fan base you're playing for next year. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you'd have to have a huge overpayment because you're not getting multiple teams involved and yeah. there's no deadline for it right now. Agreed. Agreed. Exactly. So I, it's, you know, it's, it's all easier said than done, but I mean, you know, I, I expect, I expect on the current roster, I expect Farabee will start scoring again at some point, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully, hopefully not with the streakiness he's shown because even, even last year he had, yeah. you know, hot spells and cold spells. Everybody's going to have a little bit of that. You know, it's been a, been a little bit extreme so far in his career. You're hoping this year. And that was, that was something that actually the Joel himself said, he didn't want to have those eight game stretches of night, those nine game stretches where, you know, where he's, he's struggling to, struggling to, uh, you know, to get good looks at the net, let alone put them in the net. You know, I, I mean, you know, that's sometimes the case with young players so that yeah. you know, they're going to run hot. They're going to run cold. Uh, I have some of those concerns with, with Frost if he comes up too. Um, but I mean, I do expect Farabee to start scoring at some point. The Flyers need JVR scoring. Yeah. I mean, and, they, and they've tried him up, you know, they've moved him back up to the top of the lineup. They tried him on PP one. Um, you know, I, although I do think he's become a better two-way player over the years, and I think he he works hard at it, and he's a, he's an underrated passer and all that. And he goals from him too. Yeah, and it, it would it would look a lot different if some of those other guys were scoring right now, and they're not scoring. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, I think also in the last few weeks, Jason, um, I don't think Sean Couturier has looked like himself in the last totally couple. Totally agree, weeks. and that's yeah. uh, that's been a piece of it as well. Yeah, he's not controlling the 200 by 85. Uh, When he's at the top of his game, he controls the ice. Now, for some of the people that have tweeted me, oh, he's in decline already. I can't believe they signed him that kind. Settle down. 
All right. He's still roughly at a point per game for the season, mind you. And he's probably dealing with some sort of injury because he, he just doesn't look right. And he looked very right in the beginning of the year. So this isn't a decline for Couturier. And it's interesting because they put Farabee and JVR on his line. And usually that's, he's like the line whisperer. You know, you put yep. struggling players on his line, they generate. And, and Coots set up JVR with an absolute beauty of a sauce pass to go in on that breakaway. JVR didn't finish it, but, um, you know, he's a guy, maybe maybe that line can get, get something going and kind of help pull them out here. Let's get to some of these Ask Billy questions. Well, before we get to that, actually, Bill, let's, let's talk about Morgan Frost real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, is what would the hesitation be in calling him up right now? Because you watch every Phantoms game, and I see you tweeting about it, and I have, I've had a chance to peek in on some of them as well. And he looks dynamic. He looks ready. He, he does. You know, Morgan, for a little while after, he, he got to a slow start, unquestionably, both sides of the puck. You know, I, I don't know how much of it was that he saw to get his timing back and, and the dose of confidence, how much of it was, you know, I mean, when a player comes into camp with the expectation of making the team and there's an opportunity, there can be a little hangover effect of the guy is sent down. They are human, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I, I think it took Morgan maybe a little bit of time to go, you know what, you know, okay, I'm, I'm here. I have to make the best of it. I have to do, you know, I have to play to a level that I'm expected to. You know, then I thought Morgan was, putting up some points, but I didn't think he was at his best. I will tell you though, that I think over the last two weeks now, he's consistently played at a higher level. And and I think some, you know, his, like his three point game the other day, he could have had five points in that game easily. Yeah. Right. Last game he had, he had one goal. He could have had a three point game. He was, he was dynamic. He's getting, he's moving his feet. Um, you know, he's, he's winning battles that he was losing really in camp for the flyers or in preseason, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's actually become a, a pretty dynamic penalty killer at the AHL level. I don't know if they'd have him, if they haven't killed penalties in the flyers, at least right off the bat. And the, I mean, the phantoms, the phantoms power play is a mess. It's a bigger mess than the flyers right now. Actually, they're, they're clocking in uh, around 9%, maybe a little <sighs> under 9%. And they're giving up all kinds of shorthanded chances. So it's hard to say, What's wrong with it? Just collectively, it's really struggled. But I mean, so most of his points are coming five on five because the power play is, is just isn't scoring. They finally found a line. Um, so he's been on a line uh, with Garrett Wilson. You know, not a not a certainly not a wall, world beater of a player, but a guy who brings physicality, plays with some energy, um, can get in the forecheck. And they have Jerry Mayhew, who's a proven AHL scorer on the line. They've been they've been terrific actually. So get some space out there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just the uh, just the intensity and the competitiveness level and all that. I think I think it's all there. Now, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they'd like to see it a little longer. I don't know. But I, I honestly, to me, he's looked he's looked ready to come back up again. If they're going to be without Hayes for an extended period of time, and I could understand not when to yo-yo the player up and down. OK, he's up for a couple games and, you know, and then then he goes back down. But, um, you know, to me, he's looked ready for a call up. Now, uh, you know, would he come in and help the power play right away? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that if he plays the way he has at the American League level, particularly his most recent games, they'll have no problem in the NHL this time. Yeah, to it's me, really, yeah, his pace of play looks back to, yeah, yeah, back yeah. to where it was pre-pandemic. And yeah. you know, it, it took a while. I mean, he didn't play a lot of hockey, and maybe he's getting his legs back under him now. I mean, to me, Bill, does it make any sense to call him up? And for Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault to sit down with him and say, Morgan, you're called up. We're not sending you back down. 
doesn't, we're not sending you back to, we may yeah. healthy scratch you, but we're not sending you back down this entire season. It's like the peace of mind. Come up, just play hockey. Don't worry about anything else. No more two star hotels and crappy meals. It's five stars and charters. You know, yeah. does it make any sense to do that? Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I, to me, that makes some sense. I don't, I don't think AV and, and, uh, you know, and Chuck want to box themselves in that corner. Morgan yeah. struggling. Well, we we said that, but you were we were you know mm-hmm. we just were expecting more progress. So I don't I don't think they they want to do that. And also they like to keep players hungry and keep playing for the spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't see them doing that. But on the other hand, there is something to be said for you know peace of mind, as you said. Hey, we're not we're not saying you're going to get power play time. We're not saying you're going to you know play up in the lineup unless you earn it. But We'll we'll let you work through it up here. I, yeah. I you know I think I I think I think he you know I I don't think it's he's necessarily going. I mean if you remember the first call up he did kind of hit the ground running right he scored yeah. goals in the first two games he had I, I think he had six points in his first eight games eight, nine games you know and then, then he hit the wall a little bit and it wasn't so easy um so I, you know I, I I do think that if he you know with Morgan a lot of it to me has always come down to does he have his feet moving? Because in, in junior hockey, in the OHL, he could get away with glide mode. He could get away with kind of even almost a standstill, and he could just saucer a pass over somebody's stick because he was so clever, and he could find just the smallest – in in, in uh, you know, smallest bit of room. In the NHL level, you don't have that. No. And, and the, the, they figure out very quickly what you're doing. So with Morgan, a lot of it comes down to you know competing to get inside the dots, and he's been doing that. And keeping moving, and uh, you know when, because when he's moving, he's actually a very good skater. I mean, I've said this before. It's a guy who won the uh, best skater competition, the top prospects with him without the puck. It's a guy who can skate. Yeah, it's just a question of moving his feet and, and using that speed that he has. Yeah, and just doing that consistently, yeah. shift in, shift out, game in, game out. Uh, let's get to some of these Ask Billy questions. Uh, it's fascinating time. It's a very pivotal time for this team. So let's start with Drew Moff's question. He says, I don't know how much longer uh, the Flyers can tread water with injuries to key guys and goaltending staying this good, but do you see Chuck making a move sooner rather than later, at least calling Frost up to try and spark some offense or maybe a York sighting on D? So let's take that in pieces, Bill. First of all, uh, Chuck making a move sooner rather than later. I just don't know that teams are ready to make substantial moves. We're not even at Thanksgiving yet, um, but even take it a couple weeks out. I think the earliest you're looking at anything substantial could be right before the trade freeze around Christmas. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, unless unless a team just has a an albatross contract, they would move at any time, and then do you necessarily want that? You know, I I don't. I it's hard to do. I mean. There are not a ton of trades that get made in season. You know, it's hard. It's, you, you know, and, and you're I, – I would I would certainly say that uh, he wouldn't be doing due diligence if he's not at least calling around and seeing, you know, who might – who a team might be willing to move. In terms of the trigger being pulled and something happening, I'm not very optimistic about that. Right yeah, now. What, what about it? Jim Benning's phone ringing? I had – I was on another podcast, and they asked me about J.T. Miller. Fits the bill. Got a got one year beyond yeah. this one left. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's a guy who would actually, you know, who would actually meet him. That's a guy who can score. You know, that's yeah. a guy who'll get to the net and bang some pucks in. Burn the Flyers a time or twelve in his career, right? Yeah, he, it's it's a guy who, yeah, that's a guy who would check some boxes. Um, you know, uh, as you know, it, it, I mean, I I honestly I think that he should be he should be calling around. But Benning Benning and J T. Miller, you know, is a good example of the kind of player who. 
you know, who might who might fill a need. Doesn't fill the playmaking need though. Yeah, doesn't fill that need, but it gives you more depth up the middle, yeah, size sure. again. Sure. And it's a mess out there in Vancouver. And I know uh, Fridge, Fridge has uh, reported that something's going to have to happen there soon because it's becoming untenable. Uh, as far as his uh, other question, um, we talked about Frost. I mean, I I go in an airplane with Frost right now. I say, put this backpack on and I hope you like skydiving because I'm dropping you off with your hockey bag right on top of Amelie Arena <laughs> for the game tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, as far as York sighting on D, that's I don't think that's in the cards right now, is it? No, you know, I'm. Um... You know, it's a learning process for young defensemen. Um, and, I mean, there are guys who do better, seem to do better in the NHL, where it's more structured and, you know, you're playing with better players. You know, I, I think Cam is having a rough time right now in the American Hockey League. And, you know, whether it's not just the power play piece of it too or not just that, you know, the, you know, it's not just skewed by the last shift of his last game where – uh you know, where Josh Hosang beat him one on one and scored in overtime. That was the last, you know, last shift, uh, last game. I, I, it's just he he's overthinking things a little bit out there. You know, when York York should just be he he's a guy who you don't who is doing well when you don't notice him a lot of times. He he makes a lot of smart plays, quiet, um, yeah. and, and he's a very good distributor of the puck and moves the puck up ice really well. I think right now, right now he's a little in his own head. He's I don't think his confidence level is all that high right now. He's uh, you know, still figuring out the pro pace, still figuring out um, off puck play as a pro. I don't think right now is the right time to call him up. And same thing with Zamula too. I think Zamula is fighting a little bit too. Um, you know, if you, if you get to mid season still, and you know, I mean, I, and with all due respect to Nick Sealer, who's doing a nice job filling in and, you know, he's, he's a competitive player and all that. I mean, the flyers do need to, figure out something with that third pairing. Um, I don't, I don't think that right now the, you know, the call up option with one of those guys is, you know, immediately in the cards. So. Yeah. And somebody in a further question asked about Zamula as well. Um, Logan G tweets in for ask Billy and says, other than the obvious fixes, power play, et cetera, what other parts of the Flyers game need improvements for the team to contend with the best. Now it's interesting, Bill, because they've actually, beaten a, a few of the best teams in the league and done so on the road, whether that's Washington, Carolina, who they've beaten as well. They went to Edmonton and got a win there. I mean, they've had some pretty, pretty nice wins over really good hockey teams. Uh, but to be at that level game in and game out, they have to find offense. So what other parts of the Flyers game need to be improved for them to contend at that level, other than as simple as it stating five on five scoring? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, just as a specific detail of the game, I, to me, you know, they have too many shifts where they need two, three chances to, to get out of the zone. And then you're really looking at dumping it out and trying to, you know, try to get a line change out there. Hopefully get it get it in deep and get your next line out there. Um, part of why they were scoring very early in the season was, well, it was that they had Ellis, but I mean, part of it too was that they were they were they were a little cleaner with the puck in segments of games, um, you know, and they they recovered well. Guys are back checking, but I, I really want to see a little bit, you know, the team get a little quicker up the ice. And um, you know, they've had some games where they've had high shot volumes, but I don't think they've had great shot quality. Um, look at the Toronto game, for example. I think yeah. they had forty shots or something in that game. Yep. But but they weren't but they weren't they weren't high quality shots. You know, it, it's. Uh, Really, I think that that's the starting place. I'd, I'd like to see, 
you know, quantity is nice, but I'd like to see them generate more quality looks. Yep. And then, then you go from there. Yeah, I talk about that all the time. It's it's about quality, not quantity. But I bring, I bring up that Boston game from Saturday and I go, okay, that's a situation where 44 is too much quantity because there was quality mixed in yeah, for, for sure. Boston. For sure. Um, John Bailey, 19B, tweets in and says, name a player or players that have underperformed to your expectations this season. And conversely, name a player that has outperformed your expectations so far this season. Also, can you talk more about cap relief while a player is injured? Would that apply to the Ellis situation? Thank you. All right, so let's go first, Bill, with uh, name a player that has underperformed to your expectations this season. Well, we mentioned them kind of at the top. Um, JVR and Farabee. I was expecting yeah. you know, some, some more points this year. And, you know, and, and instead of Lindblom, I think process wise been pretty good except for the Dallas game. But I, I would I didn't I wouldn't think we'd come in right now talking about no goals and one assist at this point. You know, you need you need a few going in for for the guys. So, you know, I, I would list them all as guys that you need, you know, you need more from. Yeah, and I agree with you. The guy that if I'm picking one uh, that's underperformed to my expectations. It's definitely James Van Riemsdyk. Got off to a great start last year. Yep. That, that has not been uh, the case this year from a statistical standpoint. All right, and he says, conversely, name a player that has outperformed your expectations so far. It's easy to go Carter Hart here. Um, that's obvious. I yep. thought he would bounce back. But to me, the guy that uh, kind of jumps out is Claude Giroux. Giroux's up to and – and I'll tell you who's – you know, who's done just absolutely yeoman work with not a ton of recognition because I agree with the other names you said too. Uh, Justin Braun. Oh, yeah. Justin Braun is getting really tough minutes against other teams' best lines. You know, I don't I don't know if he can keep it up at that pace all season, but he, he's been a godsend to this team this year. So so to me, he'd be he'd be the most pleasant surprise so far. Yeah, that's a great point. He has been he's stepped in, he's given you offense too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. stunning. Uh, he's what 34 years old at this point and I mean, he keeps up this play for much more. I mean, you're going to have to extend them again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but think about it with on a third pairing. And if he's playing alongside Keith Yandel, I think Keith Yandel looks a lot different, too. This well, is I, the trickle down effect of Ellis. I, I agree. Um, you know, and I mean, the, yeah, the, the effect with Ellis is, OK, you you, you play. Okay, you have to play Braun too many minutes, you know, up, up of the first pairing. And yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, because, you know, because Steeler can. Steeler can fill in ably, right? If you need him for a game, two games, you don't even worry about it. You know you can plug him in for here and there. It's when other teams have their pre-scouts and, you know, you can attack that third pairing and Yandel's struggling a bit in his own right right now. You know, having that stable partner, which is which is the number one thing that Braun brings, whether it's been with uh, Provorov, he's played well when he's been together with Sanheim, he's played well when he's been on a third pairing. He's, he's a stability guy, right? Um, so he, you know, I, I do think the D would look a lot deeper yeah. and of course the top end would be more dy- dynamic too. So it, it is that whole trickle down effect of, of being without Ellis. And that, that is a concern for me because I'm very concerned about Ellis's injury recurring again. And then you're, you know, looking at another extended period of time without him. They really need him to, to get well and stay well. And I don't, I don't know. You can really put a bandaid on it or just, uh, you know, put a, temporary solution there they really you know that was that was part of the you know what remember before the season we said what are our concerns what do we know for sure and one of the big unknowns was can ellis stay healthy yeah so so far he's so far he hasn't but they it still is a big need on the team they need a healthy ellis yeah a lot of people are kind of in that oh we got sold damaged goods Mm -hmm. it would be damaged goods to me if 
you know, it was a situation where it was the same injury that he dealt with before. This, I think this is a new, he said it was something that he's never dealt with. New, yeah. Yeah. And it's been, you know, I mean, the flyers have never confirmed it, but it's been suspected that it's been, you know, been a groin or a hip. Uh, yeah. We, we do know what injuries he has had before. We know that he's had a concussion that kept him out for a long period of time. Um, he had a knee surgery. He had a broken hand that kept him on extended period of time, but not, not this current injury. And as you said, if it, if it would be, you know, if you get a guy who's had, okay, multiple concussions, he gets concussed again. Yeah. And you go, okay, well, this is a guy with a history here. You know, anybody, anybody can have any particular injury. It just, I mean, he does, he does see, I mean, cause he's a small guy who plays like a big guy a lot of times. Yeah. Right. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes that goes to the turf. A guy might be a little bit more susceptible to getting hurt. But I, d- I don't think that it's a question of they were sold a bill of goods or anything like that. Truthfully, Nashville was under cost cutting orders, and that's why they that's why he was dealt. No more, no less than that. Yeah, and the other part of it too, I would make that trade even if he doesn't play another game this year. I'd still make that trade. Yeah, <laughs> considering what they gave up. Uh, let's go to Colin Newby, who tweets in and says, "Do you think that?" Ristolainen and McEwen and the Flyers as a unit have taken the right steps in the first 16 games to make the team, quote, harder to play against. Like we heard Fletcher and Vino emphasize so often before the season started, we kind of tipped on this with the comments of Scott Hartnell, but uh, I, I think let's take them separately. Let's go Ristolainen first. Bill, I think his game is really dialed in. He's maintained his physicality and, you know, the meanness that he plays with and, and he's done it without taking himself out of m- many plays. I mean, the one where Sanheim got hit from behind, he took himself out in that yeah. one game. But other than that, yeah. I think he's been made really good decisions and and when to, you know, display that physicality. And I think you see that some of the raw skill that's there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the other piece of it too is that he started to jump into some plays up the ice. He's picked up a couple of assists that way. You know, I I think that I mean I, I think that he's a player who is just a, you know. You, he has some limitations, you know. I think in the hockey sense department, he's strictly average. Mm-hmm. But I, but I think in terms of the his size and his strength, um, you know, his competitiveness level. I mean, the more physical and the nastier the game gets, the more he the more he seems dialed in. Yeah. Actually, you know, like he he was having fun in that Boston game. You know, the give and take there. That's why, you know. I mean that that can be contagious to a to a level, but I mean, you know, you, you can he's only responsible for his own play. And I think I think for the most part he and Sandheim have settled in together. They had they had a run of six straight games where they were really good. Yeah. Both of them. So, you know, I think that that's been a piece of it. And the last couple of games, you know, from a, an analytics standpoint, have been just bad for the team. But it was funny, you know, like the look look at the last Tampa game. The first period analytically was ugly. But the Flyers came out of that period with a two nothing lead, and that, that was a period where I thought there was a lot of quantity. I didn't think it was great quality from Tampa. The second period, you know, looked every looked every bit as lopsided as the numbers would say. Yeah. You know, they really, you really, you know, but I mean, you add over those forty first forty minutes of the game, it was really ugly. And then the third period, I said, was really the Flyers really controlled that period. Yeah, it's been it's been like kind of a as a team, it's been a little bit. Jekyll and Hyde, but I'm, you know, I'm happy with Sandheim and then I like, or rather, I'm happy with Ristolainen and I'm, for the most part, I'm happy with McEwen too. I, I think he's added something to, onto that fourth line. I'm really, you know, I really want to see a little bit more, a little higher in the lineup. I want to see those guys stepping up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ristolainen too, in, in the game against Calgary uh, last Tuesday on Hall of Fame night, he, I mean, he had the entire Calgary team worrying about him more so than the game. And yeah, that's sure. what he can do. Sure. And, 
And I look at it, I go, okay, I know what his analytics were in Buffalo and the coaches that he had and constant changing of direction. The numbers weren't wrong, but yeah. this is a different situation. It's yeah. not Buffalo. It's Philadelphia. And he's playing second pair, even though he's not getting the offensive zone starts. And the analytics, I guess the analytics are good because I don't see the analytics people tweeting about them. Yeah. <laughs> if they're good, they're not going to tweet anything out. Yeah, he, he had that, he had a run of six games where he was actually in the in the black and all the analytics. Yeah. You know, which you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully that. Uh, so he wasn't Andrew McDonald. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could talk about Mac one of these days too, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I, I think that, I think the Flyers have other issues right now. I don't, I don't think that's their problem. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I like McEwen as well. I think he he's just an energy player. I, I'm not relying on my fourth line to carry the mail when it comes to scoring. Right. Um, even though somebody did tweet me about that. A guy tweeted me and said that they need to put JV, get put JVR on the fourth line for Nate Thompson. And and scratch Nate Thompson, but one's a center, one's a winger. Yeah. One kills penalties, one doesn't. And JVR is not really the fourth line checking kind of guy. No, better with this two hundred foot game. But let's calm down, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. If if you're replacing uh, Nate Thompson, you're replacing with somebody else. I don't think JVR is that candidate. (laughs) Yeah, that's not that's not what you're going to do in that situation. But um, you know, one of the guys uh, here on Twitter and asked Billy. Asked the question about Carter Hart. We heard from him earlier in this episode. And Carter is, you know, obviously having a great start to the season. He looks sharp, Bill. Uh, he looks dialed in. His game looks like it's at that level we saw. Uh, I mean, maybe even beyond that level in 1920 and maybe even inside the bubble. Um, so, you know, when you look at and you see Hart, what are you noticing that's different about his game from a technical standpoint? Well, I think – you know, I think for one thing, he looks physically stronger. You yeah, know, his pushes, I, I don't mean, they? They, yeah, they. I mean, his pushes, he absolutely does. I mean, yeah. going, going side to side, he looks very, very quick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that whatever, whatever adjustment he made with where he was holding his glove, which was some, which was an issue for part of the season. I really thought he corrected that issue before the end of last season. Actually, agreed. It's just that. Uh, but I mean, whatever issue he was having with that, he, he he's framing his glove the right way, and then you know, shots aim glove side, he, he's handling them routinely. Um, I, I just think he's been quiet in his net. He's been compact. He's you know, I mean, you know, he's he's played to his numbers. You know, he's he's not. He doesn't look like he's uh, you know lucky to be where he's at. He he looks like uh, you know he looks like he's in control. He looks calm out there. Even his puck handling looks a little bit better too. So I I think that uh, you know whatever whatever he worked on over the summer, you know, from, from a mechanic standpoint, and you might be able to speak to that better than me. I, I just think that, uh, you know, I just think the overall package is, is a, is a better goalie. And also, you know, we talk about how the play in front plays into what a goalie, you know, the Flyers have not, except for one game, the game in Dallas, which was, which was Jones in that they gave him some backdoor tap in kind of goals where they didn't give Jones any chance. Um, I think on the whole, he hasn't had to worry about so much of the backdoor kind of plays. So, you know, he, he can he can play the angles. He can stay in the side and then he's not as worried about, you know, am I going to have to hurry up and get over if somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's breaking in from the point or a winger isn't covering a winger on the other side or whatever the case might be. I think I think the defensive structure has helped him a little bit, too. Yeah, I, I, I did some digging when I saw this question and got some good intel here uh, from someone that would know. 
And yeah. what was what was said to me with the summer focus for him was on practice habits and with the huge focus, not that he didn't you know, work hard at practice, the habits, the huge focus was more practice and less goalie sessions. So mm-hmm. less technical work, a little bit more, you know, taking shots and those kind of things. Also addressed his posture and needed to get back to using his feet to get position. In other words, beat the pass on your skates, not sliding in the saves. And his hands uh, are a little bit more narrow now as well. Uh, and that speaks to the glove. He also uh, worked on, you know, managing the traffic in front of the net and puck handling and a few other little details to quote it completely out. So um, it seems to have worked. And I think that's a big thing. So that's good. For sure. Uh, let's get to uh, one more here. Matt tweets in and says, this isn't a question, but more of a suggestion. He says, I'd like to see a PP change. It's system. Uh, they says we have talent on the unit, but it's too predictable and suffers against an aggressive PK quicker passes and more shots along with more net front pressure and screens. There's a lot of elements of that, that I really agree with. I don't agree with the initial part though, that says that the, uh, the, the power play is predictable. I think it's been unpredictable so much so that I don't even know that the unit, the guys out there are on the same page on what they want to, how they want to attack. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the Flyers, you know, for example, so much runs through Giroux. Well, they've played Giroux right side uh, above the circle. They've tried him left side above the circle or or in his usual office, you know, which is which is uh, you know in the uh, left half wall to the, to the uh, to the left dot. Uh, so they've moved him around. They've changed all kinds of personal or personnel around. They've tried, you know, they've tried changing the point man a couple times. It's gone from. Yandel to Provorov, back to Provorov, back to Yandel. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they've uh, once in a while they've rolled out the double net front, which is something they had some success, although it doesn't seem to be working so great this year. A lot of the issue to me, Jason, has been getting entries and getting set up. Yep. Um, I know one of our questions was, you know, missing missing Voracek, and I would say yes in terms of that Voracek is a very good entry guy. Yep. Um, Possessor you know, on the way into possesses yeah, that puck and exactly. gets it in deep, and they haven't found they haven't found that guy who can get the entry on the, on the right hand side very well so far, and I do think that that's been a need. You know, they need they needed the more shooting mentality, they needed some of what Atkinson's brought, but I think that they've they have missed Jake in in that particular regard. And two, you know, we've talked about the playmaking lacking. You know, because Jake has always been more of a playmaking winger than than a shooter, so I I think that's been part of where they've been lacking a little bit in terms of making plays. Um, but listen, the power play numbers were bad with Jake last year too. So, you know, is it, is it, uh, it, it's hard to pinpoint as one thing, but I, you know, but they have, they have to get the process fixed. They have to be better on entries. Um, they had a couple games here. I mean, the, you think of the Flyers, a very good face-off team. They had back-to-back games there uh, in, in Carolina and Dallas where they, they lost a decided number of their face-offs. That's a piece of it too. You know, if you can win that opening face-off, particularly on a power play, you get the instant possession, you're set up. You don't have to worry about going back 200 feet and getting entry and getting set up. And then, um, I, you know, at times they seem to get a little bit stationary and they'll settle for something for the peri- from the perimeter. It, it's really, uh, you know, it, it's really just a question of getting back to the drawing board here. There, there's so much that needs to be fixed. I don't think you can, you can narrow it down to just one area, honestly. Yeah, when they scored the power play goal against Boston, it was a quick boom, boom, boom to Broussard, yep. and it's a goal, you know, yep. down to Giroux on the half wall, cross-ice pass to Broussard because he's moving. He's not yep. stationary. He's moving to a spot, and he's able to get him the puck. 
you got to constantly be moving and forcing this. When you have an odd man situation, you have to be in motion because that's yeah. decisions that have to be made. And every time there's a decision, there can be the wrong decision made. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. But when you're, you know, when you, when you're in motion, you know, I mean, because look at, look at the power play goal against Boston, you know, the first glance, I thought it was a gorgeous pass by Giroux and it was a nice pass, but guess what? It went off of a Boston stick. Yeah. Right to, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that's how you make your own breaks though. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you need a little bit of that too. You need a little bit of puck luck, but a lot of puck luck is self-made. Yeah, and somebody else had asked about um, working down from below the goal line, like a la Danny Briere. And I love, as a goalie, I hate, but to attack a team, I love low to high plays. Yeah. I love attacking from down below the goal line because when the goalie has to turn his back to what's in front of him, there, there's a var- – I mean, he's got a peak, but yeah. it's constantly in motion. It's a really difficult situation. It's sure. massive stress. Sure, and and the chances of something going off of a, a, a skate or whatever, you know, I mean, I, you know, it goes like goes up exponentially. Even if you seal, you know, and, and the worst case scenario is you go go back out to the point you reload if there's yeah. if there's nothing, you know, it's uh, it, it is it is a good thing to throw into the mix if, if for nothing else than to put something else in the goalie and the PK's mind that yeah. hey they, they might set up something from behind the net if they're all, if they're worried about everything coming up off of the half wall then you can you can seal that off pretty well particularly if you have pretty good strong side pressure mm-hmm. it, it's a whole it's a whole different matter sometimes if you can you can change it right sometimes you you create from your you know from your center point guy which is what Yandel was doing quite well early yeah or he was actually creating plays from from that center point spot um it just you know it's just kind of been a struggle for him too but the more the more different ways you can create and create a look or create a chance then you, you know, then you open up a lot more uh, when you go to, if you have to go to option B or option C. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Variability and Yandel's a distributor back there can work either side yeah. of the ice. Tim Tobin was the one that uh, brought that up. By the way. He said, I think they need to find someone who can work it behind the net like Briere on the power play. Teams pressure them so much. I think they force things. If they can work it low, it should give them more room. Who would you like to see be that guy if you agree with the strategy? And if you work it low too, you can work it out to the point for that shot and you have a little bit more time or for a distribution opportunity there because you just have more time sagging everybody down a little lower in the zone. So, well, Bill, this was fun. Uh, last thing, how, how do we evaluate the coaching staff? Because I'm seeing some people calling for heads, hot seats, and, you know, get Bruce Boudreaux or John Tortorella on the phone. You know, how do we evaluate the coaching staff with, you know, considering that Ellis has played four games versus the line? I mean, they've had the lineup even without Hayes, though. Uh, one game so far this season, key guys out. How do you evaluate? Well, I mean, the I think the you know, and you could you could break it down by elements, right? I think the penalty kill has improved. Uh, that you know, and you know, Hartnell said the PK has been a little bit suspect, but the, to me, the PK is way better than it was last last season. It was a, it was a tire fire, for lack of a better term. The, yeah. the PK to me is a lot better so far this year. Um, and the numbers are okay. But they, you know, but they're just structurally it looks it looks better. Um, power play we just discussed. Power play has to get better. You know, uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, how much how much of it falls on coaching? I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. I think you should be you should, you know we said after the season last year you have to look at a variety of different areas, right? Um, if it continues to struggle, would you would you potentially look to make a change? I think I think anything should be on the table. You know, head coaching wise and whatever. I mean, listen, the Flyers just lost back-to-back games for the first time, and one of them was a shootout loss. 
So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, so I, 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 I wouldn't be so, you know, that's what I said. Like I said, the top of the program, I guess, I guess we were just, in, we've lost 10 in a row right now. Yeah. Flyers have some very, very tough hockey games coming up. They probably one of the toughest stretches of their schedule to me, if they kind of just, you know, hang in around 500 through that stretch, through that stretch of the schedule, it's not too bad to come out of it that way. Um, the schedule should get easier. But I mean, there, you know, there are all the things we talked about the need to improve. I, I don't think right now, you know, anybody's anybody's on a hot seat. Now, if you get into a prolonged losing streak, then we could have that conversation. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, in th- this team's eight, five, and three. Some will say, well, that's actually five hundred. They've won eight. They've lost eight. Um, they are in a, in a playoff position right now, wild card number one. And you know, the schedule will get easier in December. They will see in December. You'll see Arizona again. You'll see Montreal, you'll see Ottawa, you'll see, dare I say, Pittsburgh, Seattle, San Jose. This month, I mean, I mean, it's a murderer's row. Bill, what's remaining this week with Tampa, Florida, uh, Carolina on Friday, and then the New Jersey Devils this week is a 643 points percentage. (laughs) It's it's, it's incredible. Exactly. And it's, you know, I mean, even if you had your full lineup, it would be challenging. So to me, if, you know, you hang in, you pick off a couple of games in the same fashion they've done. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty, right? They're going to need Carter Hart to step up big. Probably need to win some two to one games, three to two in overtime, or whatever, whatever it takes, right? But uh, you know, I I think that they've they've beaten some of these teams. They're going to need similar efforts to beat them again. But if they, you know, if they go on a run of regulation losses, then I said then then I I think we it becomes a different conversation. But I think. Uh, Let's see how the week goes first. Yeah, and I anticipate uh, if needed, Chuck's going to remain aggressive. You don't do all he did in the offseason just to get into the season, hit a tough spot or a tough situation with the loss of a player to injury or whatever, and and just say, oh, well, let's just throw that all away. It just doesn't seem – that doesn't seem logical to me. But anyway, Bill, this was awesome. This was a, a boffo episode of Ask Billy, and we'll do more coming up. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, Bill. I know you're uh, back home with the family. Enjoy the family. I know they missed you. And thanks for doing this. And to everybody, thanks for listening. We'll have a brand new episode for you coming up tomorrow. Flyers bolts tonight. We'll see how it plays out. We'll uh, break it down and we'll preview Flyers Panthers on tomorrow's brand new Flyers Daily. I really love you, baby.